Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Fitness Nerd. This week we welcome special guest Josh Slater as we talk about the ongoing popularity of soccer in North America and what this means for the youth who are playing minor soccer and what opportunities this could hold for them going forward. Thanks, enjoy. You're that nerd. A bunch of goddamn nerds. Nerds! Well, let's get those nerds! Nerds! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Fitness Nerd. This is Brad Elliott. With me as always is Jared Laycock. Hello, hello. Um, so Jared, today's Friday, which means today's workout day. And uh, today you took us through one of your custom workouts. Yeah. And whenever you say, I'm leading the workout, there's a bead of sweat that forms on my <laughs> face because I know what's coming. It's going to be a lot of plyometric jumping around and stuff that I'm terrible at. So it's, uh, it's one of those uh, workouts that... I realized how important it is, kind of like brushing your teeth. I'm not a big, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't a big fan of it, but you kind of understand you have to do it kind of thing. <laughs> That's right. So it's, uh, after the fact, it feels great, but uh, what I'm doing, it, it's it's just a rough go for me. But uh, tell us a little more what we did. Yeah, so we're at the Atlantic Tennis Center here, and uh, we got Josh from Suburban with us. So I wanted to kind of give a taste of what I'm doing with some of the, you know, tennis kids that would also translate well to the sport of soccer and stuff. So we started off with a nice little warm-up, just a little meet and greet, get a little stretch on. And then we got right into more of an aggressive kind of power circuit on the stairs uh, where we're doing basically like ladder footwork agilities up the staircase. Uh, so it gives you the element of, you know, being powerful, but also having to get the feet and the knees up a little bit more. So a little better stimulus, I think. Uh, that gets everyone sweating hard. And then just go into a nice little combo of strength. Uh, so like a squat lunge and some pulls, get all the big muscles working. Um, finish off with a big hip burner to make sure the, you know, the lateral muscle groups and stability muscles of the legs are ready to go, which is definitely important for all sports. Yeah. I've, oh, man, those agility drills on the stairs. Oh, just realize how uncoordinated I am. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are great, man. I was impressed. Yeah. First time at it. It was just terrifying for me, but uh, we got through it, and um, <laughs> I know I had a, I had a good time with it. I, I you know I'm I'm just telling jokes right now, but uh, it was a good workout. Yeah. yeah so thanks for for taking the time. Pleasure. Yeah. That. What did you think, Josh? Was it pretty? Uh... It, it was good. Like <laughs> I'm I'm similar to uh, to Brett in the sense that I was like uh, some of the coordination I could not grasp at the, at the at the beginning, but it was good though. It was one of those workouts, like you say, that you don't probably do as often as you need to, but you right. realize how much you need it. Yeah, and, you know, we have bands and dumbbells and a staircase, so it's being a little bit creative there and just using your body as the, the main tool of intensity. But. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where you realize it's a true test of uh, how to work out with very limited equipment, and uh, it shouldn't stop the quality of your workout. Right. And the, the proof was in the pudding there. I mean, we had a we had an awesome workout. You could have done your basement easy. Easy, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Especially in your basement because you have stairs, but... Right. You could do it anywhere, really. Yeah. yeah, when I lived in an apartment, I was doing so many stair workouts. It was awesome, like full, you know, seven floors, do a set of push-ups at the top, run back down, and then just do that at, like, every level. You got seven sets of push-ups and stuff, mm -hmm. a bunch of staircases. But anyways, yeah. 
So well, be creative. You got it. Use your environment. Yeah. <laughs> and that we did. So, um, yeah, we got that out of the way, which is really nice. And then we can just sip on a coffee and get into things. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to welcome our guest today. We've got Josh Slater coming in the studio. Thank you very much, Josh. He is with the grassroots development. He is the grassroots development manager for Suburban FC. Which is football club, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. You got it. See, there we I go. Know stuff. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit more about that, Josh. Uh, so Suburban FC is a, a pretty pretty large uh, soccer club in the Nova Scotia area. We service like Bedford, Sackville, Fall River, Waverly areas of um, HRM. Uh, we're we've, we're pretty large. I mean, COVID's given a hit to the numbers for sure, but. Um, we do full service all the way from U4s all the way to seniors, women, senior men's. So we're, uh, we're, uh, we're all over the place. And uh, my role in that in particular is anything under 12 and below is what I oversee. How did, you, how did you get into that? Like that? Is that where they kind of started you or is that where you ended up or uh, did you pick that? A little bit of both. I mean, when I first started coaching as a, as a job, as a profession, I was overseeing uh, a wider range all the way from U4 to U18. Um, and then I, uh, I always kind of had a, a good good way with kids and dealt with kids really well. Uh, and then when Suburban merged together as a club, um, they thought I would fit well in that grassroots role with the kids and kind of building the future, as, uh, as Jared said. So that was just kind of like a natural fit. Nice. And you said you've been uh, full-time coach here for about five years? Yeah, for yeah. about five years or so. I've been in it full-time. I've been volunteering, volunteer coaching since I was about 16. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then full-time professional, I guess, is what you could call it, for five years. Damn straight. Yeah, so good background, too. You played uh, soccer growing up. You're a goalie for the most yes. part. And yes, then, sir. Yeah, got a kin degree at Dell. And yeah. Awesome. So, and you must have just got right into coaching from there, right? Yeah, I mean, I did it in, when I was in Dell as well. That's kind of, okay, I did yeah. it as a, as a volunteer a bit and then uh, volunteered with Suburban, actually, the club I work for now. Nice. And uh, kind of progressed from there. It was pretty cool. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah I know go. goalies in hockey. Are known as the weird guys on the team. Are you? <laughs> is it the same for soccer? Are you the weirdo on it the team? It is one hundred percent the same thing. Hey, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to be right. You got to be a little crazy. You do one hundred percent. I'm glad that we're not alone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're a goalie in hockey too, right, Brad? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm the weirdest one on the team. Hundred yeah, percent. You have absolutely. to be. You're standing in front of stuff being launched at your face. Yeah, and exactly. You're going to punch the thing with your face. So yep. you got to be a little strange to to. Uh, to bind to that. Yeah, we're a different breed, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so give us a give us an idea of what your day to day looks like when you go out and you're coaching these kids. Uh, ooh, so on the field, yeah. um, I'll go out and I'll usually go out an hour, an hour and a half before, just to set up and make sure everything's organized the way I want it to go. Um, we, for the young ones, we typically do stations, so it's a lot of time, a lot of contact time with the ball for them. They just transition from station to station, makes it smoother, uh, as opposed to having a coach. Uh, have to set up and take down during the whole session. We've just got the station set up and they roll through them quickly. So I go out there early, set all that up, uh, make sure all the equipment's good to go. Uh, with COVID, it's a little different because we've got to check them in. They have to fill out health forms. So we make sure we go through all that process. Um, then we put them in their groups and they'll rotate through the stations for the hour. So you're, a skill, you're a skilled development guy then? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And nice. how, how many athletes would be like overall in the program? I know you said numbers are down a little bit, but uh, overall, uh, so in just my programs? Yeah, say sure. Okay, uh, so we've got a, probably two, three hundred in U eight to U twelve, and then probably another 
200, 300 at uh, U8 and below. So. Yeah, that's incredible. Great, awesome numbers. And yeah. I was in the Soccer Nova Scotia building there. Yeah, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, watching one of the practice and super organized. Like, all the fields are used and you can see everyone's working hard. Like, you've got the stations going. It was very impressive to see how organized it all was. Yeah. Uh, so, anybody looking to, like, get developed in soccer, definitely want to try and get it. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we've been, COVID's kind of helped us with that as well because we've had to be more organized than normal and I think it's almost brought forward some good habits that we can continue once it comes out because mm -hmm. we have to be so, like, very disciplined and organized in how we lay it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, uh, so, it's good. It's there's, been good in a sense. There's a lot of silver linings to this whole COVID thing. Like, um, and I'm going way off track here, but, like, I'm a big movie junkie. <laughs> yeah, me as well, me as well. So yeah. you go to the theater, and you're like, ah, it's almost full, and there's, like, seven people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's wicked. You're just it's like, great. there's no one around me. There's no <laughs> assholes on their phones or anything. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, with sports, there's a lot of that, too. It's frustrating. Like, I have a son in minor hockey, and... Um, Again, it's you got to go in and this this guy comes out of nowhere and's like, oh, have you been out of town or have you had the sniffles or anything like that? And uh, I'm allowed to go in basically get his gear on, and then I gotta yeah. get out of there. And, and lately, they've let one parent in to watch their kids. Mm -hmm. Is that are they doing that with the soccer kids too? Uh, so it, BMO is our primary facility we use the soccer nova scotia building um they're not letting any parents in. I think I don't believe until wow. January. Oh. Um, but that's, I think, their own personal preference. I know they have a lot of traffic going through there because it's a huge facility. Um, and then I think East Hans is allowing one parent per kid in uh, mm -hmm. because they're they're a little bit. Uh, they've got like a, a running track outside the field that parents can kind of be on and keep their distance a bit. Sure. So I think that's their. Uh, that was kind of their rules. Well, but, the great thing too is outdoors for the most part. So yeah. I don't really see a reason why you couldn't. As long as you're social distancing, right? Yeah. Like hockey is like you're sitting on bleachers and like there's like stickers on the bleachers that tell you like you can sit here and yeah. you can sit here. If you don't sit there, we're going to come out and yell at you. Mm -hmm. And um, like you're wearing a mask the whole time. So, but the thing is you're inside, but outdoors, like do you even have to wear a mask? Uh, no, we don't. We're like they line, we line them up socially distant, of course, before they get in. And then parents can be outside the fence wherever they like. Mm -hmm. um, and then they can watch from there and it's it's good because some parents will follow their kid around the fence and walk with them and watch them do that so it's not like they don't get to see their kid play right. uh which has been really nice actually yeah yeah and you guys have done like some trips and stuff like that i remember earlier this year you went down to boston was it yeah i i wasn't on that trip unfortunately okay. but i i i heard and was part of kind of organizing it and it, i heard it went really well and the kids had a blast so. yeah cool experience was, yeah absolutely I was wondering if you guys had to postpone any trips over covid or, anything uh, like or if there's more in the future well there's definitely more in the future for awesome. sure um we've got some ideas lined up uh in terms of like like going to ontario or quebec for for trips within the country but we're also toying around with like you know could we go international at some point obviously not now right, right. Um, but at some point in the future could that be involved in in our programs could that be like a, a yearly tradition kind of thing do you think those trips are really beneficial for the kids too like the experience and absolutely from what you've heard and stuff? absolutely especially the like the cultural piece if you can get to a place where soccer is like i know we're in canada and hockey is hockey is king um but if we can get to a place where soccer is like is you know 
almost a religion like in Europe somewhere where it's, it's just different it's a different culture it's a different feeling how much they care and how passionate they are about it right um, so and I think that'll be that would be eye-opening for for some of our players for sure right yeah but th- that being said though it is picking up a lot of steam in Canada over the last few years it is I yeah find, like it's everywhere now especially when you go to places like you know Montreal and Toronto you always see people wearing the scarves and you know, Toronto FC and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's getting big, which is cool to see. And, and it helps that we have our own Canadian league now. Like, yeah. that's been relatively positive for, for Halifax as a team. And it's been a it's been a buzz for a lot of anyone involved in soccer and even, you know, people who aren't involved in soccer but want a good event to go out, like the, the Wanderers. And when they play, it's a it's awesome. It's a blast to go. Yeah, yeah I mean. Oh, absolutely. Are we at a place yet where, like, it's a realistic expectation or a realistic goal to become a professional hockey uh, hockey professional soccer player in Canada and like make a living at it yet. I think we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. I mean, the having our own league and having a team in our backyard helps for sure. Um, the soccer landscape here, we have a Whitecaps Center and a Rec Center um, where any of the top top players will go into and have an opportunity to, to go and make connections with the Vancouver Whitecaps and things like that. So there's structures and there's frameworks in place for those top players that make it a little more of a reality. Um, and then it also helps that we've had players like Alfonso Davies who are Canadian and Jonathan David who are having massive success over in Europe and they're right. Canadian boys who it's like, hey, they're doing fantastic awesome. over there. So it's kind of making it a little more of a reality, I think. And I think we're not too far off from that. big part of that would probably be just, like, scouting, eh? Like, some of these professional athletes are scouted at, like, 14, 13 even and yeah. starting to get developed for those teams then. And so yeah. is there, like, some plans to – I guess that would be the Whitecaps program? Yeah, so – what? Early? and I also work within that Whitecaps program as well. So what we've done in the past and, of course – COVID's hindered it a bit, but um, we used to take a team out because they have a showcase for all their academy centers that you go to Vancouver and you play a bunch of games and um, they have their full-time staff there watching and there's a at the end there's a game of distinction for players who have done really well throughout the week and you know from there you could possibly get invited to have a trial out there to to be part of their residency program so like it's yeah it's it's really cool it's it's a it's a good time. There's opportunity there for sure, and hundred percent. And even if you're like, ah, I don't know about soccer as my sport. I mean, I think it translates super well into any other sport, like just the coordinational skills, like yeah. you know, agility, footwork, conditioning. It's all there. Um, so I think it's a great sport to get into for anybody, especially yeah. at a young age. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Now there's a lot of um, we did we did a podcast a little while ago on um, the top sports where you burn calories with. And soccer was way up there, of course. Mm-hmm. But and we did another one last week with with the potential side effects of weightlifting with kids in, in terms of one one rep maxes with mm-hmm. children and stuff. Yeah. And uh, while I was researching that, I came across like a study with the kids in soccer, and like they're saying per capita, soccer is one of the most uh, injury ridden sports for use, right? Yeah. So with football, they've they've they're changing a lot of the curriculum, so they're hitting a little differently. Mm-hmm. Hockey has done the same thing. They're not hitting at such a young age anymore. Has mm-hmm. soccer taken any steps like that, or are they aware of, like, these stats? Or We're definitely aware of it. Um, a lot of it, from at least what I've seen and what I, from personal experience, is a lot of knee injuries, which isn't helped by the fact that we have so much turf because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of give, and, and the people wear the wrong type of cleats. They can right. get their foot caught, twist the knee, of course. Um, 
but in recent years they have come up with turf cleats that have more give and things like that okay. but us at suburban in particular we're making a conscious effort to go um can we move to grass more right. so it's a little more forgiving if it's, it's a little it's different for them plus if they go and play at like nationals a lot of it's on grass and not a whole lot on turf so I think from that sense, we're conscious of it and trying to, to do that for injuries and as well cost because grass fields are way more cost efficient than turf. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's knee injuries are, are a nightmare for soccer. What about concussions? Do you see many of those? I, f- I wouldn't say like a lot, but you definitely do see them, especially, you know, if, you know, hitting a high ball or a ball that's hit hard, you've got to head it. Or, you know, as a goalkeeper, you get stung with one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, sure you can relate to that being a hockey goalkeeper. Stung sounds like a good word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're becoming more, I guess, recognized now that concussions are, now that we know how serious they are and how, and how detrimental they can be to your, to your health in the long term. Uh, we're more aware of it. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like super, super common. Okay, good. Uh, like I remember, uh, I mean, I played soccer growing up and through high school, kind of stopped after high school, but I remember on the high school team, we'd all be in center field. It'd be October in Labrador, so it's like minus 98 <laughs> degrees, and the goalkeeper would just punch it in the air as high as he could to yeah. the center field, yeah. and one of us would have to stand there and head it back to yeah. the net. <laughs> I remember you'd kick it up and we'd all like hustle under it like we were really actually giving a shit and trying to do it. <laughs> and the second before it hit, we'd all just scatter and one fool would be left and he would smash it with yeah. his face right into the net. And there'd be blood coming out of his face and stuff. And this is madness because the ball would be hard as a rock and yeah. frozen, right? Absolutely. So do you still do stuff like that? Uh, we try not to. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely try not to. Uh, it's also part of like, the way we teach our kids to play for the most part we want the ball on the ground we want the ball moving where we can have more control over if it's in the air then all of a sudden hey like you say you've got three four people around it you've got a higher chance of losing it right so we try to teach our kids hey if we can keep it on the ground make a high percentage pass we get to keep it more often they do the other team does all the running we make the ball do the work and we can kind of dictate the flow from there yeah that seems a lot smarter than what we were yeah a little bit eh? (laughs) (laughs) live and learn there's a lot that yeah there's a lot you can yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm not surprised. I probably had a lot of head injuries growing up. Put it that way. And we all do. I mean, it seems pretty prevalent in any sport even. Yeah. So, yeah, just always take care of yourself for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, do those neck drills and everything. <laughs> but from, from a coaching perspective, working with the grassroots program specifically, yep. what skills do you see as being, like, most beneficial at that age for the long-term development? Ooh. Tough question, but tough question for sure. But I was actually we were, I was talking about this with a another coach and the coaches in our program the other night actually, and it's a big one. I, I'll, I'll call it initiative, I guess. But the kids who go out and do stuff on their own, nice. Yeah. Like we'll go to the field and we'll try to do things uh, outside of regular practice because. Um, and it might be a generational thing. That's what I did a lot when I was growing up. I would go outside and play and just try different little tricks, try different little things like that. Um, and you can teach yourself a lot of different skills that way, like how to shape a ball, how to how to hit it different ways um, that you know you may may or may not learn at training, where it's you'll have like time on your own to work through it on your own, solve the problem on your own kind of thing. But that's a big one, and you can really tell the difference between kids who will go out and do that stuff and take the initiative there, um, because they're when they come to the field, it's like they'll either like show you hey i've been working on this or you'll see them do something and be like whoa like where did that come from and it's like oh i've 
practiced that on my own and I, I taught myself that. It's like, that's awesome. Like, keep doing that. That's the kind of stuff that, that'll get them to that next level, I think, for sure. Yeah. And you kind of say that for any sport too, right? Yeah. Like the kids will go out and who are passionate about it enough to see it as a fun thing to do, yeah. like play instead of just work. You know what I mean? That yeah, they love time. it. Yeah. yeah. You can see it in any sport, like even when, uh, like on the ice, of course, and you watch players go and you're like, man, that kid is, but that's all they do in the winter. If they're not here, they're outside skating somewhere, just playing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, rink in the backyard. And, yeah. 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 Doing well, something. Crosby, right? He did the, what, 100 shots in the... Yeah, the washer, wasn't there? Washer and dryer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. at the Nova Scotia Hall of Fame. <laughs> all dented up. Imagine. On that note, like, have you found a, a, a different dynamic with the kids coming up these days? And I know like, I always reference everything in hockey because that's mm-hmm. really the only sport I watch a lot yeah. of. But... Like, the talent that is coming up now in minor hockey is so insanely better than it was, like, a generation ago. Is it like that in soccer? 100%. 100%. Like, I think of back, like, when I was a kid or, like, even a few years ago when I was coaching younger kids, it's like the difference is noticeable. They're they're more athletic. They're better with the ball. Um, and it's just – it's almost a different game from when I grew up playing. It's like, holy, like, I never would have stood a chance if I was playing now. <laughs> Wow. No, I would have had no hope, but it's uh, it's it's good to see, and I hope it continues that way because then it'll like you like we mentioned earlier, it'll create that pathway for players to maybe have more professional opportunities. Yeah. Ships rise with the tide, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And a good quote too I meant to say is when you're saying about just that initiative and that internal drive. It's like champions are made when nobody's watching. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. It's true, right? Yeah, it's too bad. I remember when I was a kid, I used to really love playing soccer. I was just never good at it. Like, I'd shoot a ball, and I, you'd see it on TV, because I used to like watching the World Cup, of course. Everybody didn't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. And you go and watch, and immediately you'd hit the soccer field, just start shooting balls, and all of a sudden my leg would just go numb. Like, <laughs> I can't do this. I just suck at this thing. Yeah. Pele, Pele. Yeah. <laughs> but I had friends who were just, like, insane. When yeah. they hit a ball, they used to explode off their foot. I'm like, what are you doing that I'm not? Yeah. I don't understand. You're just running out and kicking it like I am, and they're like, I don't know. It's all, it's all that hip work that Jared put us through earlier. That's what it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that explains yeah. a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting it on the button, too. Like, tennis is similar if – I mean, you really got to get that ball center of the, the racket or else it's going to come off not as efficiently. So same yeah. with soccer, right? Like yeah. having that foot placement, kicking with the inside of the foot, not yeah. the toes. Knowing what you want to do with it. like Because yeah. you can curl it into a corner. You can lace it into a corner. Like It's different techniques and just learning and using, understanding when to use those is massive. Yeah. So like grand scheme, like we're – I, like, you're obviously happy where you are now, but mm-hmm. like, do you have a – where do you want to go from here? I, that's a tough question. I, I love soccer and I would love to be involved for as long as I can be. Um, it's, it's very draining. Mm-hmm. It's a very draining sport, uh, to be in day in, day out. Um, but I mean, as long as my body holds up and I can keep being happy where I'm at, I see myself in it for as long as possible. Possibly later on, maybe when I can't be on the field as much, maybe, yeah. maybe more administrative role, yeah. uh, maybe more behind the scenes kind of role. Uh, but 
I think for now, for the foreseeable future, I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I'll That's be cool. on the field as much as I can be. Yeah. How are you doing? Take opportunities as they come. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I think that's common for all sports too. Like coaching in any regard is is hard on the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a grind no matter what. Mm-hmm. I guess I think we can all relate to to that to a degree, right? Lots of yeah. hours, lots of barking, well, and it's and it's energy. uncommon hours too, right? Like we think about it for soccer at least, and I'm assuming hockey's similar. It's like I do my office work during the day, but when I go on the field and I really start to grind, it's like 5 p.m. When everyone else is getting off, going home for the night, cooking dinner, it's like, okay, now I'm starting to really switch on into high gear. Yeah. So it's, get home. I get home at, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock some nights, and I'm just, like, bouncing because I had a good session or the kids were awesome today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and I can't get to sleep till 1, 2 in the morning, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's, the hours are strange sometimes, which, which makes it a little difficult. But, you know, I, that being said, I wouldn't change it. That's a labor of love, too. Right? Oh, absolutely. It would have to be, or you wouldn't, nobody would do it. Yeah, right. true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Because the hours aren't there. But, like, for the other thing about soccer, too, is you're kind of a slave to the elements where I've seen, I used to play soccer and raining sideways. I'm like, well, oh, got a game of five. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. they got to cancel it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you just get hit there and you're just miserable the whole yeah. time because it's October and it's pouring, raining, and it's just brutal. But uh, yeah. that's it's, another element, too, that not a lot of sports have to face is well, the. Yeah, back when I was volunteering, like a few years ago, before I was actually working in the in the industry, I would when I was coaching for Suburban, we were didn't have as much money, so we would stay outside as long as we could. And there were days where it's like end of November and it's like snowing, and you're trying to run a session with a bunch of kids who are just like, nope, I don't feel like being here. <laughs> wearing shorts and wearing a shorts and a t-shirt, trying to teach them how to kick a ball, and every time they kick it, ice falls off. It's like, uh, okay, this is a header. And just- passes out <laughs> yeah but uh no it's you're, you're right in this in the sense that it's a slave to the elements even um like this past saturday when it was pouring rain mm. we were we were out in it we were playing games and you know credit to the kids they showed up and they had a good time and even the coaches as well that show up to help out like they were in good spirits and helping out so we've got we're really lucky in the sense that we have a great community around us that helps us kind of deliver these programs yeah there's something to be said about when you're in when you're in the shit you might as well just Run with it and have fun yeah. and smile because everybody's miserable. So Absolutely. You might as well laugh, yeah. you know, at and that point. Together. And together, right? Yeah. Might as well have a good time. Yeah. And your whole coaching staff seems very passionate. Um, so that's great to have too, as well. Just yeah. Like a, again, like you say, good culture. Everybody around has the same mission and vision. Um, so, what is kind of the vision for the future for Suburban then? If you can touch on that a little I bit. I mean, naturally, we, we kind of want to grow more and more and, and become as big as we can. Um, but I think just becoming kind of the face of soccer on the east coast is right. is a big is a big factor for us can we be that club when people think of east coast soccer people think of atlantic provinces they go oh, suburban like that's the club that we know that's the club to beat that's the club that sets the standard um that's kind of where we want to take it to and i think we're we're getting there a little bit now we're taking taking steps to be there and like i mean you mentioned the culture piece um we're actually officially a year and a couple days into it we from from merge right um and the culture's starting to be built and people are really starting to to support it and dive in with us so it's it's really cool to see actually but yeah being that face of east coast soccer for sure is is a big step for us and uh jesse coming over around the same time right yeah Uh, so so yeah he yeah he came over i think early october late september and then 
um, <laughs> what a grind that was. <laughs> he came over and we basically had a, a, a week or two of uh, just straight up eight hour meetings in a boardroom just to iron out, hey, what do we want to do with this club? Like, awesome. where do we want to go? Um, and then we had our club launch and kind of put out what we wanted and got, it was really well received by, by the members and instantly people started jumping on board and, hey, how can we help? What can we do? And uh, like I said, we're very fortunate that we have that kind of community around us to help us with that. Yeah, and he had come from a like professional program too, right? So he kind of knows. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was at uh, Ottawa TFC, which has a direct link to Toronto FC. Right. Um, which and he brings. It's really nice because he brings an outside perspective because Ontario is way bigger, and totally different in terms totally. of a soccer landscape. So he brought like new ideas and kind of challenged the status quo here, which I've really appreciated over the last year because he's challenged me to think differently and look at things differently and how can we you know grow it how can we make it better uh which has been really awesome so jesse's been a huge asset for us nice so what do you guys do for games like you must have to travel for every game do you uh for the most part i mean if the most part we're in the nova scotia league it's within hrm like that's where the predominantly the clubs are yeah um but with we still have clubs like in anaganish clubs in cape breton that you know you'll take a take a weekend and maybe play like a double header on a Saturday Sunday um, PEI actually has a team in our league so um, that's how we would run that we would go up on a Saturday morning play Saturday afternoon stay over uh, play Sunday come back kind of thing right um, but I think the big picture in terms of soccer on a on a high performance level would be to make uh, an Atlantic League so have all the provinces involved cool. um, I know it's been talked about and it's been you know kind of battered battered around the table at the soccer nova scotia but i think that's where it'll eventually end up it'll be an atlantic league hopefully that'd be cool because that's only going to help too yeah because the more people you get involved like especially from places like i like newfoundland is not i mean unless things have changed a lot it wasn't really heavy on soccer because it's only nice two months of the year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean if it grows there Mm-hmm. then you know the sky's the limit if you can grow there and grow anywhere right, yeah right. and uh, the more kids we got into it the better the quality of soccer is going to go the coaching is going to go up everything like you said right high tides raise all ships so yeah. you'll get more kids playing professionally hopefully at that degree yeah. too right so you know Fantastic. opportunities yeah. is key yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like you're doing the strength and conditioning for these guys, aren't you, Jerry? Yeah, Are you getting into that? We kind of set it all up pre-COVID, so I haven't really yeah. had the opportunity to get out with you as much. Yeah, but, uh, been doing mobility with some groups for like once a week for the last geez, twelve weeks almost now. Yep. And, uh looking to getting excited to get out on the field with them here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What kind of drills do you do? What are you kind of stuff like that? The workout kind of we just did there, like a lot of plyometric, uh, so agility uh, drills. I'd actually work up to that. That would be a little bit more of an advanced workout, what we did today with the stairs and stuff. So even just the uh, doing like a lot of running mechanics and jumping mechanics and just understanding like knee stability and that running is a very dynamic unilateral type movement. So basically building that primal movement capability as much as possible and like change direction drills, you know, making sure to be able to change direction with each foot and be able to start and stop on each foot, um, you know, forward, back, side, laterally, whatever. And uh, body awareness, body control, I think, especially for, like, the grassroots program. Um, yeah. For some of the older athletes, like maybe the 16-plus, maybe you can get more into that stuff right away, like the plyos, because mm-hmm. hopefully they have that foundation already. 
but what we've seen a lot is that unfortunately they don't yeah right? unfortunately it's it's a it's a bit of a gap at the moment there is yeah it's, it's such an awkward age too because you kids who are walking around with a goatee yeah and other kids who are like three foot nothing <laughs> yeah. who are built like 10 year olds right so it's right. it's such yeah. a weird age because everyone obviously is different and the difference between females and, and males are pretty much non-existent at that age yeah. you know, the girls are every bit as fast and strong as the mm-hmm. guys sometimes faster most times faster actually yeah. but um that's what I find with minor hockey too. Like the girls are usually, I've come to find that the girls coming up, this is a big difference over the years too, is that I, they're the ones I kind of keep my eye on because they're usually the better athlete of the group. Like especially like there's a few goalies in my son's camp and they're just outstanding men. Tiny, yeah. but they're unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when I see when you, when you see the pointtail sticking out of the helmet, you're like, oh, I bet she's going to be fast. And yeah. Sure enough, they are. Like they're yeah. super fast. That's awesome. So do you find like, do you teach, uh, is, is it all boys or is it, is it I do kids? both, so girls and boys, up until, so you four till you uh, you six is co-ed. They're all in amongst it. And then at U8, we start to split um, for, like, coaching purposes and just numbers purposes. Mm. Um, but, like, even within that, uh, there's still, like, girls that will train with the guys because they maybe, you know, they need an extra challenge. They yeah. need the need the more physical aspect of it. Um, like in the Whitecaps program that I coach in, there's two girls in that that, you know, are trying to get to that next level. And they just want that increased speed that comes with the boys' game, the increased physicality that will bring that out in them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you get to a certain level, I guess, yeah, it, there's still, there starts to become a, a discrepancy with the general population, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember in judo, we were allowed to fight the girls until we were 13, I think. Yeah. Then obviously it gets awkward. Like I mean, it's a grappling yeah. sport, right? But um, up until that age, there was almost no difference. Like, and eventually, when you you start overpowering the girls based on just sheer strength, and it's not technique anymore, yeah. and then they're just getting bullied, which yeah. is not what you want. But yeah. some of the worst beatings I've ever taken in my life were from the girl yeah. athletes. Yeah. I've got two concussions from one. <laughs> And my coach's sister, the girls were too scared to fight her. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then you found out why. <laughs> Literally, yeah, two matches, a combined time of 10 seconds, I think. Two Holy concussions. Bro. Same day. Jeez. Yeah. Beat the shit out of me. So uh, that was before concussions were a thing, and nobody knew what the hell was going on. I just yeah. knew something bad really happened to my head. You just knew you were dizzy. <laughs> when, I, yeah, when I got my bell rung pretty bad on both occasions there. But, uh, you know, in terms of um, – Jared, like with your strength and conditioning, are you sticking with the, are you doing the whole gambit of age groups or where are you? We'll be working with a couple different programs and then there'll be like some drop-in sessions for a mix of ages to come in and just get some general skill and athletic development and stuff. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of sports, like you said, you played a bunch of sports growing up. Yes, Do you sir. find like you're kind of cemented in, in soccer right now or I, would you expand or what? Soccer is my favorite. Yeah. At the moment, um, and probably will be forever. But growing up, you know, I was big into basketball. Um, you know, love that. Uh, but I think in terms of like branching out, I think I'll probably stick with soccer, unless you know, maybe down the line, if I get into a more admin role and something comes up in a in a different sport that I can lend myself to, then maybe I would consider it. But I think I just love soccer too much. I'll probably <laughs> stick with it till the end. Do you find there's um I don't know if discrimination is the right word, but bias or what's, what am I trying to look, what am I trying to say? Not a bias, but you know the, the misconception is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say are like 
common, mis common misconceptions with soccer, especially like North America. We're still catching up with the game. Like it's just, it's not, it's not part of our uh, culture per se yet. So mm -hmm. do you deal with a lot of like people it's like me who don't know? Even, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, it's, it's a, I think the biggest kind of, I would, I don't know, I'll call it a fight that we're trying to fight right now, but the biggest kind of change we're trying to push, I guess, is like that soccer is becoming a serious year-round sport now. Mm -hmm. Like we, Soccer Nova Scotia has put in a, a AAA league for the high-performance kids that runs year-round. So they play for 10 months, have two months off. Um, and it's like, it's becoming serious and do it in a sense that it's no longer like the second sport you play in the summer. Right. For for some kids. For some kids it still is absolutely and that's and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if like if you're serious about soccer, like there is a pathway that uh, will get you where you need to go and that it's it can be your primary sport and it can be your sole focus kind of thing. Mm -hmm. awesome. And that's kind of the biggest shift we're trying to change because a lot of a lot of parents grew up where soccer was like the summer sport. Hey, they played hockey or basketball in the winter and soccer was like the summer cross training. Right. Um, so that kind of we're trying to shift that a little bit and I think with our with the programs we're putting in that Jared's a part of, where we've got teams training uh, four and five times a week, it's like okay, like this is where we're trying to get to, and there's been a bit of pushback, which is natural, mm -hmm. but we're just trying to educate people and be like, hey, it's this is what it'll be now. It's like this is serious. If you want to be here, if you want to go somewhere, even if you want to, you know, play university and get your education paid for, like this would be the pathway for you to do that. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I remember when we were a kid, there was such um, there was such a gap between the elite kids and pretty much the rest of us. The rest of us were just running around trying to get the ball, and these guys were basically having fun. Yeah, like dribbling, like doing whatever they wanted with yeah, it. Yeah, just toying with you. Yeah, and uh, but back then you had to be like so heads and tails above the other kids just to get a sniff, and then the coach had to recommend you to to go try out somewhere. Like we, our coach. The guy who took over uh, minor soccer when I was a kid was from the UK, mm -hmm. and he had ties with the English, yeah, uh, with the English soccer team. So sometimes he would pick exceptional guys out and go have them try out in the UK, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was like a big deal back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, seven thousand people are in our hometown, um, and I remember just one guy going up, and he, I remember we're just, he was just goofing around one day. We're in the middle of a game, and he did a somersault, like, throw-in. Oh, yeah, yeah, the flip throw? <laughs> I, yeah, and oh. I've never seen that before in my life, and I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> what did I, I just watch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this dude's, like, 180 pounds, like, yeah. and just a just a monster, and he just chucks this ball, like, halfway down the field, <laughs> and he's laughing, like, he didn't even, like, he's barely he's just even having trying. a good time. I'm like, this is, that's not even the same human. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what just, if I tried that, I would still be messed up. <laughs> so, like, it was only guys like that that ever got, like, the golden ticket. The mm -hmm. rest of us, it was almost like you, you, if you didn't peak at the right time, you're done. Yeah. So, what I like now is that there's, you have a few extra years where you can catch up, like, you know, hockey took a long time, but you get guys in the league now who, who are playing, but in junior when they first started, I yeah. mean, I there was guys um, playing, one guy played for the Sharks, I can't remember the name now, mm -hmm. but I had friends who played with him, mm -hmm. and they were like, he was the worst skater on the ice half the time. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy, he, he finally hits his peak when he's like 19, 20 years old, which is late, yeah. but gets drafted, and then he turns into a predominant 25-goal scorer. Yeah. So I like that, that there's a path now for those guys who can – 
you know, who have time to catch up and who have time yeah. to get into for your, for your late developers that, that roll through. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. So you know, back when I was a kid, like that was it. Like high school was your, that was your window. If yeah. you didn't show signs of greatness, then you're done. Like yeah. head off, you know. And that probably comes back to that attitude concept that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. There. Um, you got to want it and at that point. If you're a little bit behind, you really got to put in that extra time. Yeah. Maybe get a, you know, an extra coach or a tutor or whatever to give yeah. you some extra skill development, homework. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah you just got to grind it out. Absolutely. 10,000 reps. 10,000 reps. <laughs> so as a, as a, and this is, I'm going to become a super ignorant right now. That's but, okay. Um, like when I watched, I was watching soccer with my son the other day and you were showing like flops. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was coming, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're watching flops on the, and my son's like, "What is happening?" They're not even, and he's like losing his mind because yeah. he's very dramatic that way. But, and he was like, "I don't know why they're falling down." I'm like, "They're, they're trying to draw a call, buddy." Yeah. Like, but it's brutal. Like, do you guys, <laughs> have you have any experience like that with that level? I've never seen it before with youth athletes, but have you ever seen it? Uh, you certainly see it, like when you play at a higher level like university or like professional like you, you'll see it more because it's more like okay like I realize I'm not going to get what I wanted of this situation what how can I make it the best oh, okay if he fouls me we get a free kick in this area we're we're set um and it's also part of like an intelligence piece in terms of the game like hey I'm gonna lose this ball so if they foul me I get to keep it so right. it's like okay that flop we'll keep it now we, they don't have the ball um and it's a little more of like a game management, game intelligence piece that you know some of the younger players don't necessarily have because all they're concerned about is I'm going to get this, I'm going to go score. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to. There's the thought of I'm going to lose this. How can I minimize damage? Doesn't really come into their minds. And there's a there's a misconception of like the South American teams tend to flop a lot more than the you know the European teams. Yeah. Is that true? Uh, I would say no. I would, I mean if you watch the Premier League right right about now, it's there's there's some some big flops in there as well, but uh, I it's, think it's it's common all over the place. There's a, there's always been that misconception that you know the South American teams are a little more floppy. Yeah. But uh, I don't personally think that's true. But that's well, one just of my the, one of the things I take great pride in when I ever see uh, North American teams play on the world stage, it doesn't happen often. But when you do, you rarely see. Um, a lot of Canadian players like falling around or grabbing their leg and like yeah. plopping around like bacon on a. On a <laughs> That's a no, great analogy. For no <laughs> reason at all, and I'm like, I kind of take a point of pride with that. Like we tend yeah. to be, I want to be, I want the Canadian teams to be that tougher team to be out yeah. there. Like if you're falling, you're falling because you're hurt. Like yeah. If you can fall and roll around 25 yards, you're not yeah. really hurt. No, you're, you're making a. Scene. You shouldn't be able to move much if you're hurt, you know. <laughs> um, and that was like that's the one thing I find like Canadians deal with in a general sense. You mm. know what I mean? Like that's, that's something I, I love watching the game, but when that happens, I'm like, ugh, I almost turn it off because I can't even handle it. I know why they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I get it, but man, they're yeah. so bad at it. They're oh so, yeah. If you're gonna flop, the do at least wait for someone to touch you. Or yeah. something. Oh, basketball yeah. can be pretty bad for that too. Like, that's that's what I was gonna say. I was like, hasn't it been? Hasn't basketball kind of trended towards that way yeah, recently? I've been watching it more and more. Harding's the worst. Harding, yeah. Harding's <laughs> the <laughs> worst. Yeah. God, man. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's like a management type thing, yeah. like a skill almost, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. It's a. It's a but thought process. Yeah. Well, you the, see right through it on TV. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got the Harding rule now because you ever see what he does when he shoots threes? He'll shoot threes and kick his feet out. So yeah. he almost kicks you in, and then he falls and then he back. Falls. Yeah. So it looks like you followed him. So the refs actually see, are looking for it now. It's like they, they debrief before a game. Like watch him when he's doing that. But yeah. they don't call it anymore. 
So I, I don't know. That's a, and I, you even see in hockey now where I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But then you go back to the bench and all the players are like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. But, I, but that, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a more traditional list than me. I, I don't like, it just rubs me the wrong way when yeah. I see guys like grown men falling around yeah. for no just reason. Just get on with it. Then you watch women's soccer and they're tough as nails. Oh, yeah. They're going out there beating the crap out of each other. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's probably the, like a perception there. It's like, you know, we think that maybe it's softer. Like, oh no, the women's game is awesome, man. Like, right, so maybe it's awesome. Oh, it's I way love more up against that. Yeah. yeah. Again, so like from it. from an outsider looking in, I I enjoy the female game because it is, and there's there's deep like resentment towards each other, like mm-hmm. the American and Canadians. The same with hockey oh, too. Like yeah. that hockey is that amazing ro- now. Yeah, that rivalry is, re- is is intense. I remember watching that Olympic final like eight years ago. I guess it would have been yeah. American Canada and. Uh, yeah. Or America, Canada, and then it was just down to the wire, and there was like a couple bad calls, and I don't know. It gets heated, man. It, it gets, gets heated. Yeah, it was like, ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember um, one of the girls. Uh, yeah. I think it was Saint Clair. Yeah. 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 But she went by and told the, the whole, told everybody that the Americans had the Canadian flag in the middle of the room. They're all walking around on top of it, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. Oh. She just went in the dressing room yeah. and told everybody that's what they were doing. Yeah. And got, got their whole team fired Get them all up. All wound up. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired up. And it even made its way to like the to TSN where the one of the reporters said mm-hmm. and you're watching it and you're like oh, and you're pissed right off yeah, too you're just because angry. you think that's what they're doing right and meanwhile they're all just in there and just sitting down yeah. waiting for a game to start and <laughs> none the wiser but I don't know in terms of like the pro soccer I just it, it's the when you watch the girls play like it's just it's just a rougher game I know it's a rough game anyway yeah. especially when the when you get into it and two guys are really, truly fighting for that ball and they're going for it, like, mm-hmm. they do everything it takes to get it. But, oh, yeah. like you said, once they realize the fight, they're not going to yeah. get it. They're like, oh, you know, yeah. there's a sniper in the stands picking them off, and all of a sudden <laughs> they're falling around like yeah. a shot. And you're like, oh, what happened there? I don't know. Those videos are so good. Oh, they're, oh, they're the edited ones <laughs> yeah. where they, like, scopes in. Yeah, yeah. they're so funny. Where the guy just, like, goes up to another guy to talk to him, and you're, like, two inches away, and the guy yeah, just, just looks his head back and falls. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What are you doing, man? Yeah. What are you doing? And, like, it drives <laughs> yeah. me be crazy yeah. but i guess that's but it is definitely uh it, it's yeah. funny it has that cons- perception but it is a tough ass sport like again knees legs body and up on people all the time like you're taking balls to the face uh from the from the corners and stuff like that it, it's yeah. definitely an aggressive sport oh, Same it's, with basketball yeah. there's a lot of elbows and like you're getting bodied up a lot yeah i mean but these guys are giants so i don't pity for them they're <laughs> <laughs> humongous yeah, yeah um, sport has its toughness i think even yeah. golf yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. golf is just a grind, right? It's power. Yeah, you're torquing your body. It's a freaking grind to be yeah. out there. Play two rounds a day. Have you ever tried playing two rounds in a day? Oh, it's tough. This is the worst because I have a, the worst swing in history. So yeah. by the time I'm done, like everything hurts. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. By the time I finish a round and I'm like, oh, I get home and the next morning I wake up and I'm like, what is wrong with my upper body? <laughs> like, nothing I'm so works. sore. <laughs> nothing works. Yeah, nothing works properly. And you're like, I, like, I, didn't even do anything awesome yesterday. <laughs> I played horrible, and my body is in pain. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. amazing, though. You're burning, like, over 1,000 calories around. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. If you're walking. If you're walking, right. True. Yeah, I never walk. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I drink uh, double that calories. When <laughs> you drink the calories right back. It's not a fitness sport for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a leisure sport. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, do you have anything else? I think that's really good. I mean, just almost like summary a little bit. Uh, talked about definitely soccer just being a great sport all around for all 
young kids to get involved with. So how would anybody, like what would be the best route for someone to get involved with you or Suburban to get involved? Uh, well, right now we're going through registration for our winter season. Uh, so you can register online on our website. All of our program details are there for anything from U4 to senior. Um, you can register online. We also have a, an office in Bedford Commons, uh, just across the street from where we are now. But uh, you can also come into our office hours and ask questions. The staff's always there to help and clarify any issues that you need. Um, and you can register in person as well if you like. Nice. So there's all kinds of options to get in touch. Wicked. If you're not in HRM and you're wondering, like, how do you get involved, just check it out. I'm sure there's great programs in your area as well. If we got Absolutely. something this big in Nova Scotia, you're probably good to go wherever you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wicked. Well, uh, Josh, thank you for coming on to no, the show, No, thank man. you for really having me. It's been a blast. appreciate you taking the time and for working out with us, too. Yeah, yeah no, time. it's been a blast, man. It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, wishing you all the best. And thank you. Wishing the team best this year. And, thank uh, you. you know, hopefully we got this pandemic nonsense as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Get back on track Get here. back to some kind of normal. All That's right. right. Awesome. Next time we'll get your whole coaching staff in. Do yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, everybody listening out there, uh, stay safe and train hard and, uh, you know, don't be an asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs>If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, check us out at iTunes or Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available and subscribe. Thanks.